1: They called us deplorables. Well, we're not
2: gonna take it. They
1: shut down our country.
2: Well, we ain't gonna take it.
1: They say our thoughts are disinformation. Well, This is our response, The Rob Carson Show.
3: Hey guys, how you doing? It's uh, it's Wednesday, and last night there were a couple debates on the TNV. One with a guy named John Fetterman, <laughs> who's uh, only, uh, the only campaign appearance essentially this campaign cycle was uh, Joe Biden came. To speak uh, for John Fetterman and John Fetterman didn't say anything because both uh, John Fetterman and Joe Biden have brain damage uh, we're gonna get into uh, the John Fetterman debate last night with Momet Oz some of the things that were said last night during the debate and uh, you know uh, obviously uh, the guy had a stroke he can't talk all right and that and also he's morally and intellectually bankrupt and he uh, supports policies that are an abject failure so into that, Kathy Hochul had her, you know, <clears throat> Lee Zeldin had her uh, for lunch last night on television. She's not backing down on all the idiocy, the covid idiocy, the COVID dictatorship that she uh, ushered in as the unelected governor of the state of New York. Uh, and uh, there, there's just a ton of stuff to get to on the uh, on the show. Uh, women, of course, being attacked by uh, men claiming to be women. And the Biden administration literally inviting a, a 200-day-old woman to come to the White House last weekend to talk about transgendered rights and womanhood a 200 day old woman meaning the first 24 years of this person's life they were a man and then suddenly became a woman 200 days ago and gets invited to the white house yeah all you women who struggle and work a couple jobs maybe single moms step to the back of the line because there's a dude uh who is now a woman and uh, he's been invited to the white house So, yeah, that's the kind of world we live in right now. And I got to tell you, for all the uh, Democrat pollsters and politicians and whatnot, I would venture to say that a thorough drubbing on November the 8th is something you should be thankful for. Because when you consider all of the absurdity, all of the uh, abuses and usurpations that have been suffered on the American people of the last uh, 10 years, uh, most uh, incredibly the last five, six years, uh, and and intensely the last two years, that uh, just losing an election is probably the easy way out. Because things, when they go this sideways in history, when when a person in power or a party in power becomes so overbearing and so against the principles of the people, the founding principles of the country, it usually ends up in a whole lot worse uh, predicament. Okay, Things end a lot uglier when you attempt to be totalitarian and you attempt to silence dissent and you attempt to control every aspect of the people's lives. Generally, there are remedies for that, and it involves regime change, but not in a peaceful way. All right, So I would venture to say that uh, as the Democrats will continue to uh, try new things with the election coming up, I think you should probably just be content with getting your asses kicked at the ballot box so maybe you can look at your party and say dear God in heaven, what have we become that 70 plus percent of the American people feel the country is going in the wrong direction? 89% of the people feel that the economy is the biggest thing not covid not getting a stupid vax uh, booster okay for whatever the hell variant has come along which has never existed in the history of disease by the way that we come up with a new variant and a new version of the vaccine a month later so you can plop down your now soon to be 120 to 130 shot that the government will suggest that you take every year so again, I would, uh, if I were you as a member of the Democrat Party, just a citizen, I would definitely go, what the hell is wrong with our party? Uh, I can't be down with all this insanity. And maybe uh, wait till after the curb stomping that is coming on November the eighth to call your Democrat representative, uh, maybe in Congress, maybe locally, uh, whoever, maybe just a DNC uh, a party chairman or whatever in, in your and just say, uh, what the hell were you thinking? I mean, really, what what were you thinking when you went down this road to hell? Now here's the deal. Uh, I didn't vote for you this time. I voted for Republican, or or I didn't vote at all. I I would vote for Republicans if I were you, you know, just to really send the message home. And I don't believe that there's any Republican out there who is saying that... Men can automatically become women, and children should go through uh, uh, puberty blockers and and uh, uh, surgery uh, before they turn 18 years of age. Uh, I don't, you know, you, for instance, the school shouldn't have been closed, and our children's lives shouldn't have been ruined for two years. These are things that the Democrat Party ushered in. You know, we've seen that a uh, uh, what 107,000 people died of overdoses last year in America. 70 plus percent of those fentanyl coming across an open border and open border uh you had the defend the police movement sponsored by the democrat party black lives matter in Antifa, that wrecked lives in american cities that caused billions of dollars in damage uh we had the idiotic george floyd trial and fallout uh nonsense movement based on nothing where uh a a uh uh it, it was a it was a uh a terrible thing that happened, but the reaction was even bigger and dumber. Uh, For instance, somehow somebody decided that Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, the Washington Redskins, the Dixie Chicks, uh, what else, had to go away. So I would look at this opportunity as a, a member of the Democrat Party to either sit this election out or vote Republican and hope that your party can maybe get a whiff of common-sense smelling salts that they'll turn things around. Otherwise, uh, relegate you to the dustbin of history. Goodbye, bye, 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 bye. President Biden, by the way, and his administration... Now, as you fill up your car with gas, everything in your life costs more, 40-plus-year high uh, inflation. You're shopping at Dollar General because you can't afford Walmart anymore. Uh, this summer, they're, they're, or this winter, they're actually talking about rationing heating oil in the Northeast. Okay, all of these things that we've seen in places like Venezuela are have been meted out on the American people by this administration using the same uh, hectored, uh, proven false uh, policies that have been tried before, tried time and time again. But President Biden and his administration worked extensively to work out a secret deal with Saudi Arabia to ease oil and gas prices. And you're thinking, oh, man, our president is going to bad for us. He went over to Saudi Arabia <clears throat> after he made us energy dependent again. And he gave them a little what fur. And they're going to crank up their production to bring down the gas prices. Well, guess what? He just wanted the price to come down before the election. After that, he could have given a rat's behind about it. Yeah, yeah. The, the Saudis backtracked. Biden officials scrambled to convince the Saudis not to cut oil production before the midterm elections. Thought they had succeeded once Biden agreed to meet with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Uh, Biden officials pushed for Saudis to accelerate production in July and August and additionally increases in September to December, which would significantly impact oil production ahead of the midterms. The New York Times reveals this today. First, the Saudis would accelerate an OPEC plus production increase of $400,000 per day, already planned for September, moving it to July and August. Then the Saudis would get the Cardale to announce a further production increase of 200,000 barrels per day each month, uh, for each month from September to December of this year. On June 2nd, OPEC plus, I guess it's like the LGBTQ plus, whatever, they're adding all these despotic regimes to the OPEC plus. Announced they would move up production increase scheduled for December, uh, fulfilling the first part of the secret deal. So that was the first deal. And then, uh, although Biden and the White House repeatedly said his trip to Saudi Arabia was not about the price of oil, details of the deal reveal how much of a priority it actually was to the administration. But the deal that Biden and his team constructed blew up in their face. OPEC announced only a boost of 100,000 barrels a day in August. And in September, they announced they would cut production by 100,000 barrels. In October, OPEC plus shocked Biden after they announced they would eventually or actually cut production by 2 million barrels a day instead of increasing production. So the president of the United States lied, 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 lied lied about uh, energy dependence, lied about going over to Saudi Arabia to beg them to uh, not cut production so that the gas prices would continue to stay where they were which is just about 100% higher than they were when Joe Biden took office. But that's technically a relief when you look at how high the price of oil and gas and everything has gone up since Joe Biden's failed policies, starting with the uh, cutoff of the Keystone XL pipeline. And he goes over and he begs and he pleads and he gets down on his knees and who the hell knows what happens after that. And he comes back in Saudi Arabia goes, yeah, you know what, screw you. Screw you, you feeble old man, you a lifetime bureaucrat who has done nothing in Washington, D.C. for the better of the American people and the country. You've only enriched you, yourself, and your cronies. That's what you've done. So that's where we are. And I would say, again, to the Democrat Party that if I were you, I would thank God that all is going to happen is a drubbing of you on November the 8th. Now, don't get me wrong. There has to be payback. I mean, massive, massive payback. Investigations, indictments, convictions, imprisonment for all of the abuses and usurpations that the federal government in cahoots with big social media the mainstream media the major uh the major government uh agencies like the irs like the cdc like the dhs like the uh Uh, The FBI. Uh, I could go on and on. All of their malfeasance, all of their collusion with the Hillary Clinton campaign, the Biden White House, big social media. All of this has to come to the fore and all of these people need to pay for it. Then we're going to empty out the Bastille in Washington, D.C. Then we're going to fill it with these bastards who pulled this on us. And these are the same people who told you and me, although I never capitulated, that uh, you can't talk about this. You can't talk about that. You can't talk about this. It's misinformation or disinformation. And throughout this all, I said uh, no. Hell no. I posted this last night on, uh, on Getter. And it should be fairly obvious to everyone. Uh, and I hope that we've uh, let the genie out of this bottle. You have every right to say January 6th was a setup. You have every right to question the 2020 election. You have every right to question the vaccine and the government's reaction to COVID. You have every right to say the Biden family is corrupt because they are. You have every right to say CRT and radical transgender and sex philosophies don't belong in your kid's school. You have every right to tell those who call your opinion disinformation to bleep the bleep off. We will win. We are right. So coming up, we're going to get to uh, the uh, Fetterman and Oz debate, the reaction from the media, uh, and by and large, uh, the left-leaning media, like the Philadelphia Inquirer, say that uh, John Fetterman won the debate last night, even though 85% of the people who watched the debate last night say that John Fetterman lost and shouldn't become a senator. Here's the number, 800 6680 This is The Rob Carson Show.
1: FBI, DHS, IRS, CDC, HHS, all complete BS. It's The Rob Carson Show.
3: Tonight, John Fetterman, who had a stroke five months ago, took the stage with uh, Mamet Oz, here is uh John Fetterman's opening statement
4: happy birthday
3: yeah he had no uh, no idea he said happy birthday now actually he he was it was a lot worse than that actually he opened the uh, the debate um with uh with uh, this actually which by the way i'm just going to say it, and, and i'm not uh Uh, by any means, making fun of John Fetterman for having a stroke. What I am making fun of is the spectacle that John Fetterman is continuing to be the candidate in Pennsylvania. That's what I'm making fun of. I'm making uh, fun of the grotesque spectacle that is putting John Fetterman on stage. But he did it. He was brave. He did it. A brave, yeah, brave. It was brave. No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was a grotesque spectacle is what it's like, it's like watching Joe Biden every single day when he wanders off into the trees. It's a grotesque spectacle. It's not ableist to say, you know, uh, maybe you should focus on your recovery. Because I don't think you're ready to be a senator. But no, that's not the Democrat party. The Democrat party has sold their soul. And so here is how he opened
5: it last night. You're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in Washington. What qualifies you to be a U.S. Senator, you have 60
3: seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. Okay, that's the opening of the debate. That's the uh, the opening of the debate. That's when you really should say as the monitor, uh, monitor Yeah, good night, everybody. Have a great night. Thanks you to tip. Your bartenders and waitresses. 24
6: I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. He's running to use Pennsylvania. As lieutenant governor.
3: Yeah, so uh, that's, the, uh, that's the beginning of the debate. He says, good night, everybody. <sighs> if you um, defend that as honest, forthright, real, all of that, you're an idiot. Uh, you're a common sense denier. Yeah, you're a common sense denier is what you are. Now, the, uh, the Fetterman campaign is claiming that uh, there were closed captioning errors that were responsible for his garbled language, as uh, snap polls show that 82% of viewers thought the uh, Philadelphia or the Pennsylvania Democrat lost the debate. So I was wrong. I was wrong. I thought it was 85-15. It was only 82 uh, to, uh, what, 18 So, I guess it wasn't the round uh, uh, beating that I would have suggested earlier. Here is uh, John uh, Federman addressing the elephant in the room. And let's also talk about the elephant in the room. I had a stroke. He's never let me forget that. and. Oh, no, no, no. We all need to remind everyone of that and how a stroke can impact the uh, ability of the brain to comprehend things, which you kind of need as one of the most 100 powerful people in the world. Missed some words during this debate,
6: mushed two words together, but it knocked me down, and I'm going to keep coming back up.
3: And this campaign is all about, to me, is... Yeah, you know what? Um, uh, Being a senator is not rehab. I mean, there are plenty of senators who probably should be in rehab. Don't get me wrong, Nancy Pelosi. Well, Nancy Pelosi's not a... uh, You know what I'm saying. Uh, There are plenty of senators... Nancy Pelosi clearly speaker of the house needs (laughs) needs rehab fighting for everyone in Pennsylvania that
6: ever got knocked down that needs to get back up and fighting for all forgotten communities all across Pennsylvania that also got knocked down that needs to keep get back up thank
3: yes that needs to keep get back up thank you very much those words will be carved in granite those who need that this back up thing yeah that's what it is
2: Sure. Hey, Mr. Fetterman, I felt bad for you. That performance last night was really scary. Yeah, you shouldn't be a senator. Sorry. Hey, Mr. Fetterman, this could seal your fate. Even your own people are now away. Not the Philadelphia right, choir, away, everybody. Fed him and he's not worked a single day. He must think that it's okay to lounge around and play on daddy's money. He only paid a dollar for the condo where he stays. His own bills he never pays. And I'm amazed that people do not find this funny. I don't think it's funny. You think it's funny? Hey, Mr. Fetterman, soon you'll be found out. You're afraid of Dr. Oz, we know that much is true. (laughs) Hey, Mr. Fetterman, you're protected, there's no doubt, by the
3: liberal media
2: enabling
3: you. Yes. That is uh, Jim Gossett, two S's and two T's, jimgossettcomedy.com. He does live shows. If you have, like, a corporate gathering or something, he'll come out and he'll entertain you. Uh, And it doesn't even have to be just political. It can be both sides. He even does, uh, he makes fun of Republicans, which I like to do, too, because there's plenty to make fun of. Uh, Yeah, uh, on the way, more audio from the debate last night. We've got lots of audio from Kathy Hochul and... uh, And Lee Zeldin, also Joe Biden, just got his third booster. He's had COVID twice just this summer, and he says that the vaccine's good. Yeah. Mm hmm. Hell is coming, people. Stick around. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols. Whether you're looking for a concealed carry revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corps' all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the mc 312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you have always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAA Corp.com. That's EAA Corp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer.
1: The left burned our cities. They told us to hate America as founded. Well, we're not only saying no, we're saying hell no. The
5: Ron Carson Show. You're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in Washington. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds.
6: Hi. Good night, everybody.
3: Yeah, there you go.
6: I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. (laughs) Oh, wow. He's running to use Pennsylvania.
3: Yeah. Yeah. As Lieutenant Governor. There you go. So that's the uh, that's the opening. That's as good as it gets. If you were in a show, you'd leave at the intermission. Right? You just say, you know, kind of like, ah, I don't think we're going. Um, I, I did that a few times with my kids. Uh, we go to these uh, kids' shows, you know, and uh, midway through the intermission, when they were toddlers, and, and then I'd say, oh, well, son of a gun, look, oh, the show's over, knowing it was the intermission, right? I, I know, I'm evil. But I was like, now, nah. my wife and I did the same thing the Titanic, the musical. We got up and we left and we're like, man, I don't, we we not. We are not staying for this. It is, it is awful. I think there's a couple movies I did that too. Uh, one of them was uh, oh, Von Helsing. That was the last movie I walked out of. And if I were, um, if I were uh, in the audience last night or even watching it last night, I didn't watch it last night. I didn't watch it in real time. I have better things to do with my life. But I'd say, you know, I think we're done. I think we're really done. Here is uh, Mamet Oz's opening last night. It was a little bit more... Uh, cogent I guess than uh, John Fetterman.
5: Thank you very much Mr. Fetterman. Mr. Oz, you are a doctor, a businessman and television personality,
3: but this... Other than that, you're a complete failure compared to John Fetterman who's a trust fund brat who didn't have a real job until he was 49 and his sister had to sell him a house for a dollar. is
5: your first run for elected office. What qualifies you to be a U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania? You have 60 seconds. I'm running for the U.S.
7: Senate because Washington keeps getting it wrong with extreme positions. I want to bring civility, balance, all the things that you want to see because you've been telling it to me on the campaign trail.
3: This guy's a Nazi, he's a
7: fascist, white supremacist. And by doing that, we can bring us together in a way that has not been done of late. Hater, transphobe, homophobe. Democrats, Republicans talking to each other. John Fetterman takes everything to an extreme, and those extreme positions hurt us all. Let's take crime as an example because it's been such a big problem. Brian Faulkner accompanied
3: me today to the studio. You know, you know what his problem is? He's crime phobic. Honestly, I mean, what what was ever wrong with crime? I mean, you know, sometimes you, you don't have enough money to make the, pay the bills. You knock over a convenience store. Well, you, you're crime phobic.
7: Her husband was a police officer in
3: Philadelphia. But you should be able to elude anything I want. You crime phobic. Brutally murdered.
7: John Fetterman, during this crime wave, has been trying to get as many murderers
3: convicted and sentenced. He's murder phobic. That's what he is. You know, here's John Fetterman talking about a $15 minimum wage, which, by the way, we already have. I thought you should know that. We already have a de facto uh, $15 minimum wage. Joe Biden did it. He made it uh, uh, unaffordable to go back to work. During the pandemic, I have a sister, and she works as a, a assistant manager or manager at JCPenney in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. On unemployment, she was told to stay home. By the way, between uh, whatever she got from Jacques Panay and whatever she got from the government, she was making about fifty grand, fifty grand, for not working. That's what happened. That's what happened to these enhanced benefits. All this crap associated with COVID wrecked everything. So we already have a fifteen dollar minimum wage. I mean, come on. I could go right now. You could go. Anybody could go. John Fetterman, He probably wouldn't get the job at Walmart. Be quite honest. I mean, maybe. But, but I could go to Walmart right now, make $17 an hour, starting. Starting. Now, if I go up to the uh, little coffee shop up here that I love so much, not going to make that because they can't afford it, you see. That's why they're struggling. But here is John Fetterman on the, uh, on the minimum wage, and it needs to be $15.
5: The first question is for you, Mr. Fetterman. Do you support raising the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour? Why or why not? You have 60 seconds.
6: Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I think it's a disgrace at $7.25 an hour. And how can yeah, I... nobody's making that. And, you know, with, with...
3: And if they are... Uh- Wow, are you stupid? Because you can actually name your price practically. If you go to Walmart, you go to Target, you go to Home Depot, you can name your price. You know,
6: 10 gigantic McDonald's, I don't care. McMansions, you know, has uh, unwilling to talk about a willing wage for anybody. Imagine a single... I'd like a willing wage. Can I get a willing
3: wage? Anybody from Newsback.
6: Rob Carson wants a living wage. I don't even know what it is. Mom trying with two children, trying to raise with them, realizing making $31,000 a year, you know, $50 an hour. You know, I believe every work has dignity and every paycheck must have dignity in it as well. True, I've always supported a living wage and
3: we make sure. Do, do, I, do I want John Fetterman drummed out of politics? No, 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 no. What I want him to do is get better. Uh, that's what he needs to do. He needs to get better. I mean, his policies, dear God, how could you get worse? I'm talking about physically, mentally, he needs to get better. He needs to focus on life. He's 53 years old, presumably has a lot of life to live. But uh, you're not going to live very long if you dive right into being a senator with a brain that's broken.
8: You're saying tonight that you... Uh,
3: oh, this, was, this is another one here. This is uh, John Fetterman. He says that he's for fracking, but he's against fracking. He said he's against fracking, against fossil fuels, a typical leftist. But just in time for the election, like Joe Biden going over and, you know, performing some sort of an act on the, uh, the free, uh, the, not the free leader, but the leader of Saudi Arabia, uh, John Fetterman just wanted to get past the election. So in last night's debate, he said he's freaking for fricking fracking. That's what he said. He said he's freaking for frickin' fracking. Support fracking that you've always
8: supported fracking, but there is that. Of
3: course, I freaking support frickin' fracking.
8: 2018 interview that you said, "quote I don't support fracking at all." So how do you square the two? Oh, uh,
6: I, I I do support fracking, and I don't I don't
3: I don't think he supports frickin' fracking. I support fracking,
6: and I stand, and I do support fracking.
3: Okay, Okay. and he stands and he does it and supports fracking, even though he said he did not uh, support fracking. So, there's that. Believe it or not, the opinion and editorial staff of the Philadelphia Inquirer deemed Democrat John Fetterman the winner of Tuesday night's debate. Jetting on a scale of 1 to 10, the outlet uh, averaged the scores of 11 editorial staff writers, giving Fetterman a slight edge over us, 4.3 to 4.1. The directness of Fetterman's support of a living wage, unions, college debt relief, compassionate immigration policies, and ensuring reproductive rights. Killing your baby. Showed this was a debate between a candidate with a heart issue and an opponent who barely has one. Wow. Did they work for Hallmark? I wonder. Yeah, they probably would have been fired. Hearing Fetterman say that Roe v. Wade should be the law led me to audibly sigh a relief. Abortion should be a choice between a pregnant person <laughs> <laughs> and their doctor. <laughs> Oh, my God. Here he is going after corporate profits. Oh, my God. Corporate, uh, corporations making profits that uh, allow them to hire employees and pay them, and those employees pay taxes, and corporations pay taxes and all that. That's bad.
8: Back to you, Mr. Fetterman, for a follow-up in an op-ed for the Wilkes-Barre Times leader you wrote quote it is time we crack down on the big price gouging corporations that are making record profits while jacking up prices for all of us how do you plan to do this sir you mentioned price going after price gouging corporations what about
3: Pfizer and Merck and Moderna how about them let's go after them big old profits the biggest in their entire history
8: plan to do this you have 30 seconds
6: yeah, exactly. We have to keep pushing back on that, and he would never make that choice to to fight for uh, for for uh, Amer- uh, families here in Pennsylvania. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna
3: blow through this Fetterman stuff because honestly, I, I can't do this, can't do this much longer. Here's a, here he is talking about vocational schools, which I'm down with. By the way, I think that after your sophomore year in high school, you ought to have two years of vocational school, should you want it. That way, you don't just graduate with a high school degree, which is worth precisely D word. To employers,
8: you have thirty seconds.
6: Again, I, I think it's no—it's—it's it's just the same the way the university for degrees as well too supporting that and partnering with the the unions and making sure that vocation training are as is is uh, affordable and uh, providing the resources to make sure
3: everyone. Philadelphia Inquirer thinks he won. Uh, thinks he won this a little bit more.
7: Oz. Well, I've been trying to talk about policy issues. Sh- oh, yes, yeah,
3: this is uh, Dr. Oz talking about Fetterman. Fetterman owns eight houses, but I don't know if you knew this. He didn't have a dime to his name, but he has eight houses. And and uh, because Dr. Oz worked his uh, butt off, became a multi-multi-multi-billionaire, a, a phenom in broadcast in the medical field, which is the American dream, by the way. See, American dream, unlike, uh, you know, being a trust fund baby who wears a hoodie and has tats up and down his arms and has never done anything for anybody, and everything that he's touched has turned to crap while he's been in public office. Uh, but here's Dr. Uh, he's defending, you know, his uh, personal wealth uh, and, uh, and John Fetterman's houses.
7: He's with the people of Pennsylvania. As a doctor, I listen to their ideas and I want to talk about them. When John Fetterman brings up houses, the irony is he didn't pay for his own house. He got yeah. it for a dollar. From his sister, and he hasn't been able to earn a living on his own. He's lived off his parents. So, it, 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 other
3: than that, he'll make a great senator.
7: This is not a topic that we should be debating on the stage. We should be talking about crime and inflation, the issues that are hurting Pennsylvanians. That they're talking about at their
6: kitchen table. No, it, it, no that, that's like he, uh, he got his. Uh, Pennsylvania right, house from
3: his own inlays from, uh, uh, from his own inlays I mean who hasn't gotten the house from their inlays before I mean dear God in heaven here is a uh, 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 Dr. Osbian called out for uh, uh, supposedly not supporting Donald Trump in 2024 I don't even know where the hell this came from
8: all right thank you Mr. Fetterman if Donald Trump has supported you he has endorsed you why won't you fully commit to supporting him in 2024?
7: Oh, I do. I would support Donald Trump if he decided to run for president.
4: All right. But it, this is
7: bigger than one candidate. This is a much bigger story about how we are going to build a bigger tent to let more Americans feel safe.
3: Yeah, uh, and uh, and more Americans are coming into the Republican tent, people of color, Hispanics particularly, for a variety of reasons. We'll get to that. Here is uh, uh, John Fetterman, his uh, closing statements last night before he dropped the mic, because the Philadelphia Inquirer says he won.
6: ever got knocked down, they had to get back up again, you know. I'm also fighting for any forgotten community all across. Did he
3: just quote the lines of the song "Tub Thumping" by Chumba Wumba? I think he did. Let's hear that again. Down, they had to get back up again. I get knocked down, but I get up again. No, but ever gonna keep me down? That's about drinking, actually.
6: You know, I'm also fighting for any forgotten community all across Pennsylvania's. They ever got knocked down, it had to be made to get back up. You know, I've made my entire career dedicating to those kinds of pursuits. I started as a GED instructor back in, in Braddock over 20 years ago because I believe it's about serving Pennsylvania, not about using Pennsylvania
3: for uh, their own end interests. Okay, okay, that's uh, that's great. Here's uh, uh, Charlie Dent uh, on CNN, a little stunned after the performance. That's a, that was a
7: good, that was his best answer. That was, that was one of his better answers of, of the night. Uh, but again, I I, I just I'm just still astounded. I'm still stunned by what I witnessed tonight.
3: But you need to read the Philadelphia Inquirer because they said they won. And that uh, John Fetterman te- definitely won. You know, and this is and they should have had more debates. By the way, I was one of the people. And this is a big yeah, because half the votes have already been uh, been uh, uh, sent in. By the way, because of early voting in uh, Pennsylvania, big state.
7: There should be at least two debates, probably three. One in the Philadelphia market, Pittsburgh market, and like that. Yeah, but you see, uh,
3: Democrats across the country are avoiding debates altogether because they can't defend their positions on anything. Here's old reliable Chris Cuomo, who's got a job on a little network, and uh, he even says that Fetterman uh, lost last night.
9: Voters, I think, saw things that will definitely change the state of this race. It's not his fault, uh, but Lieutenant Governor Fetterman struggled. Um, and again, I'm not faulting him for it. I don't think his preparation was great, uh, but he clearly is dealing with health issues. Uh, that Do you think that affect his ability to process and his ability to speak?
3: This is why he has the job he has now, at a network that nobody watches. Yeah, this is uh, MSNBC's Rebecca Traster defending John Fred. No, actually, we got we got a hold. I want to get to that. And then we're going to move on to the economy. Then we're going to move on to a wonderful wonderful debate last night in New York with uh, Lee Zeldin schooling Kathy Hochul. That's on the way. Here's the number if you want to chime in, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show.
7: Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation.
5: You're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in Washington. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have
6: 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody.
3: That is John Fetterman last night in his debate. And the reason why I am playing his audio is not because I'm making fun of him. What I'm doing is pointing out the repulsive, disgusting spectacle of the Democrat Party. Continuing this ruse rather than five months ago saying, wow, he just had a massive stroke. Uh, Maybe we need to find another candidate. And they've done their level best to cover it up, not allow interviews. We finally found out a couple weeks ago when an NBC reporter who has since been chastised noticed that John Fetterman could not communicate at all, could not understand the spoken word at all. I really... You know, I don't want to sound too condescending here, but I I hope you're proud of yourselves, Democrat Party. Doesn't that sound kind of like something, you know, uh, your teacher would tell you? I hope you're proud of yourself because, honestly, wow. I mean, that you'd do this, that you'd be even down with it or even saying that he won the debate and acting like it. Well, the same thing's happening on the national level. We're supposed to act like the president of the United States is perfectly in control of his faculties. Uh, And, honestly... We're done with this nonsense. We're just, we're done. We won't be fooled again, in the words of the who. We won't be fooled again. We're not going to. So I would, if I were a Democrat, I would take the drubbing you're going to get on November the 8th. Be uh, introspective and possibly uh, reinvent the party to make it um, decent and human and uh, and morally and intellectually not bankrupt like it has been for decades. For decades. This is uh, on MSNBC, Rebecca Tracy defending John Fetterman's uh, uh, debate performance last night, which is indefensible.
10: One of the things you posit in your article is that Fetterman's campaign is hoping to turn his sort of vulnerability into an asset here. Do you think he did so on the debate stage tonight? We don't
3: have room for vulnerability. In a really big cruel world, in a country that is faced with literally an existential crisis, Not only the economy, but what's happening in Ukraine and Russia that we're being forced into. We don't we don't have time for vulnerability.
11: I think it's tough to say whether or not it will wind up being an asset with voters, but it was certainly an example of
3: such remarkable. Of course, it's not an asset to voters. It's not an asset to anybody. It's it's a moment to pause and say, my God, man, go save your life. Get better politics aren't as important as breathing we'll find somebody else
11: transparency the opposite of what what the oz campaign has sort of asserted the oz campaign, something
3: about his health well um he hasn't turned over his medical records and even after, after last night he's not doing it so your argument is none
11: i mean showing up for an hour debate and it, it was as he said he had to do it starting at to going to talk about the elephant in the room you played the clip he said i'm going to miss words and and you could tell I, I wrote in my story about how in my interview with him there was a moment where he became frustrated and stressed out and it made some of his communicative problems worse. he's
3: vulnerable he's like a little puppy that needs to be rescued
11: worse and i think that this context
3: and what you described as the insane yeah, it's not it's not playing it's not playing these are uh, voters last night as they watched in real time reacting to federman's performance Including uh, mostly Democrats.
12: Definitely, uh, I'm an independent. By the way, I was definitely leaning towards Fetterman, and I think I have totally changed to the Oz side. Why? I felt that um, Fetterman. I felt that Fetterman just looked like he didn't have command of the facts. I do think his condition, unfortunately, is going to affect his ability to do the job. Shut
3: the front door.
12: I thought Oz. Uh, was pretty clear on the issues, um, and I thought he presented himself well and uh, definitely threw out some plans where I didn't see any plans coming out of Fetterman.
9: All right, appreciate it. Not surprised uh, that it made you change, but who knows, between now and Election Day, you may change again.
12: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The
3: uh, Philadelphia Inquirer says that uh, John Fetterman won, and people who were polled last night say that uh, 85, 82% of the people say that uh, Mehmet Oz won. So there's a point where you just kind of cut it in the charade. I mean, Halloween's coming up, uh, you know, it's what, five days away, five days away to Halloween. You know, I might want to take off the, the costume now, you know, because you've been exposed. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. If you've ever wanted to generate your own supply of free electricity, this will be the most important message you will ever hear. Here's why. With new grid vulnerabilities, with electrical rates rising faster than any time in American history, there's never been a better time to protect your family with a plug-and-play solar generator. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving electrical power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, a solar generator runs quietly, emits no fumes, produces an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. It's like having an electric power plant running secretly in your own home. Run sump pumps, shortwave radios, computers, even keeps food from spoiling. Whether it's dangerous storms, brownouts, or blackouts, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Go to RobOffGrid.com. RobOffGrid.com to learn more. Use coupon code ROB and get over $1,500 in free off-grid bonuses available now at RobOffGrid.com.
1: Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show.
3: Hour number two of the Rob Carson Show. And we've got a lot of things to get to, including uh, Lee Zeldin uh, manhandling. (laughs) Kathy Hochul. Or was he mansplaining? I'm not even sure what he was doing. Well, anyway, he kicked her butt in the debate last night. We'll get to that uh, very shortly. (sighs) Police made a second arrest in the brutal beating of a Rubio canvasser. The victim maintains the attack was uh, politically motivated. Uh, Apparently this guy uh, went and he was canvassing in Florida. And uh, he was brutally beaten by somebody who doesn't like Republicans. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I can't understand how this is happening. how How could some uh, how could violence be being meted out on uh, uh, Trump supporters and Republicans? How is that possible? We must be stronger, more determined, and
9: more committed to saving America than the MAGA Republicans are destroying America. The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic We must be stronger, more determined and more committed to saving America than the MAGA Republicans are destroying America.
3: And again, if you want some context, just replace the word MAGA Republicans in this speech with the word Jews.
9: The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten
3: our personal rights. Kind right.
9: of gives you a new perspective. It's an economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy. They refuse to accept the will of the people.
3: You and 81 million Americans. So anyway, this guy, uh, uh, he uh, he was uh, canvassing. He was out. He was just spreading the word. He was, uh, you know, uh, going door to door and all of this stuff. And anyway, he's uh, he's uh, 27 years old and uh, he's uh, working for Rubio and he's walking through the. Uh, this uh, uh, neighborhood, he says, he, uh, somebody approached him and said he couldn't pass through because he was Republican. He continued to walk through the neighborhood uh, that he said, uh, th- then the guy said he'd stick his two German shepherds on him and shoot him. Then he did it. Uh, threw him to the ground, beat him, sent him to the hospital, told the dogs to bite him and everything. And what did uh, New York Magazine do? Well, they just said that uh, it was his fault, essentially. They said that he was a notorious white supremacist and a white supremacist goon. None of this is true, by the way. None of this is true. Christopher Munson hospitaliz- hospitalized distributing political flyers for Rubio and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, not the first incidents of violence. The violence against Donald Trump and his supporters started when he was campaigning in 2016. I remember it. I saw it. I saw it. And as I said earlier, that the Democrat Party should be content with a curb stopping on the 8th of November. Because a lot of things could go a lot worse for them, considering what they've done to the country, by the way. Considering what they've, uh, what they've done to the country. Uh, just losing an election would be the least that we could do to the Democrat Party. With regard to what they have done, uh, this is uh, this is Mit um, uh, Newt Green Gingrich. Newt Gingrich was around when the uh, 1994 loss of both uh, houses of Congress by Bill Clinton for the first time in 40 years for the Democrats. He was in charge. He was one of the people who uh, actually ushered in the new Congress. Came up with the Contract in America. Here's what he has to say about this coming election. Well,
4: look, I think I think a tsunami is coming. I think it's going to be huge. And when people learn that every single Democrat in the House voted for the Uh, transgender supremacy act and that uh, all of the democratic senators who are up for reelection every one of them co-sponsored the transgender supremacy act in the senate now by the
3: way um 98 percent of republicans think that uh children should not be allowed to change their genders and shouldn't be given hormones and surgery before puberty 98 percent democrats over 80 percent yeah there's uh, quite
4: a few messed up but over 80 percent and yet they're going with this and they look at the details of that bill and they realize that you know it it would guarantee any boy who decided to declare he was a girl could go into the girls' locker room. It would guarantee that students could be tutored by their school without telling their parents. It would place transgender rights above religious liberty. Uh, the Catholic bishops had a devastating critique of the bill. These are the kind of radical things. If you, if you look, say, at the Latino community, it's the combination of the yep. economy. You can't afford the gas. You can't afford the food. You can't afford the rent. can't afford the electricity. And... Radical values, and the two are the two together are repelling people from the Democratic Party on a scale. I, I don't. This may be the biggest Republican election since 1920.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I think it will be, because uh, the class of 1968, they threw everything at the wall this election. Man, they they stole the election in 2020. I absolutely believe that. I have a constitutionally right a right to my opinion, and I have a, a reams of evidence that would suggest that it was. Uh, and uh, and we have uh, sat here and we've had to deal with this president who was put in office with supposedly 81 million votes. Uh, what, 15 million over uh, uh, Barack Obama? Never made an appearance, campaign appearance at all. It was in the basement, had miserable policies, and we're, we're expected to, to believe this. And, and every time we've talked out against it, we've been called uh, disseminators of disinformation or misinformation. Ultimately, there have been acts of violence against us for just speaking our mind. Then you've got the open border. You've got all the other abuses and usurpations this this president has done to us, and this is all on behalf of the class of 1968. So we had the election stolen. We are being ruled against uh, our will, and uh, they are doing their level best to shut us down in every way, shape, or form. Not going to end well. Yesterday, and I was, I uh, guess, kind of surprised, and I guess the only reason this wasn't a bigger story is because perhaps the city of New York is appealing the decision, but a Staten Island Supreme Court justice, Ralph Porzio, ordered city officials to reinstate and hand back pay to employees who refused to get the vaccine, which should happen across the country. This must cascade across the country. This must reinstate those who've been fired from their jobs, particularly those in the military for not getting the vaccine. Those who the government just rubber stamped get the vaccine despite religious exemptions. They're trying to say we we want a religious exemption. 99.9% of the people who applied for a religious exemption just in the Coast Guard were told no. And just that should cause the Democrats to be beaten into oblivion. Porzio specifically hit out at former city health commissioner David Chosky, or Choksi, suggesting he overstepped his authority by enacting the vaccine mandate. He also claimed that Mayor Adams' executive order barring performers and athletes from the mandate was arbitrary and capricious. And it was, like every damned mandate uh, enforced by any COVID dictator around the country. They were all arbitrary and capricious. The decision comes in response to a lawsuit filed by 16 former sanitation department workers who were fired in February for refusing to get the jab. Porzio wrote, the city health commissioner vaccine mandate violates the separation of powers doctrine enshrined in the United States Constitution. He went on to slam Choksi for implementing the mandate despite not having the power and authority to permanently exclude employees from the workplace through the board. Uh, Though the Board of Health has power to regulate vaccinations and adopt measures to reduce the spread of infectious diseases, the board does not have the authority to unilaterally and indefinitely change the terms of employment for any agency. I know this sounds uh, complicated, but it's really not. It's really not. Porzio said we shouldn't be penalizing the people who showed up for work at great risk to themselves and their families while we were locked down. Uh, this has to result in a cascading across the country with regard to this uh, this nonsense that we were put through, particularly our children. I have two children who are suffering from the effects of two late, two years of their lives completely spent uh, at the whims of teachers' unions and fear porn merchants, and yet Joe Biden got his third—he got his third booster yesterday. This after he said that we were past the pandemic just a few months ago. He said it was over, but he went and got his third booster, even though he got COVID twice in July. And this is uh, this is supposed to be—I guess you're supposed to just go, oh, okay. I mean, honestly, who, who really is, who's down with this? I think uh, 8.5% of those eligible for the latest booster have actually gotten the jab. Do you know why? Because they realize they've been played. They realize they've been lied to. They realize that, that uh, the, the entities of the federal government, big social media, and the mainstream media have uh, shut down any messaging with regard to anyone Contrary to the government's position on COVID's, COVID mask man, COVID, COVID mask mandates, uh, COVID vaccines, COVID vaccine passports, uh, government shutdowns, school touchdowns, shutdowns, touchdowns, uh, shutdowns, all of that. But here is the dear leader yesterday standing in front of a, I guess, a, a bunch of sponsors uh, who make a lot of money selling the vaccine saying that you need to get that next shot, even though I've had five shots altogether, three of them booster, and actually got COVID twice in July.
9: One COVID shot each year will be all they need. And if you get it, you're protected. All you're going to need next year is a shot every year. And if you don't, you're putting yourself and other people on necessary risk.
3: No, this has all been proven false. If you've been vaccinated, you can't get, you can't give the the virus. You can get the virus. It doesn't stop the spread. So what the bleep is the point of the vaccine or the
9: booster? The shot is free. It's widely available and conveniently located just in time for the holiday season. Dear God, that sounded like a commercial. Listen to this again. The shot is free. It's widely available and conveniently
3: located. And? Wait, there's more. If you get this booster, you'll automatically get another booster. Just pay the cost of shipping and handling. Just in time for the holiday season. It's the perfect holiday gift. Give a vaccine that could cause blood clots and mitocarditis in young men and a lot of people around the country who are just suddenly dying. Here's uh, the dear leader again talking about the vaccine yesterday and how desperately you need another booster, even though he caught COVID twice in July after being boosted twice.
9: Some of our friends in Congress say we don't need COVID funding, or they say there's really no reason that the government should be paying for it.
3: I strongly disagree. There he goes, leaning into the microphone and whispering. Strongly disagree. I don't care if you do, because we're not listening to you anymore.
9: This is a global health
3: emergency. No, you just said it wasn't about a month ago. Yeah, but you got to keep updated on your shots, kids.
9: Virtually every COVID death in America is preventable.
3: This is a giant lie, by the way, in case you're wondering. Everything he says right now is an abject, just filthy, rotten lie. Virtually every COVID death in America is preventable.
9: Virtually everyone. Almost everyone who will die from COVID this year will not be up to date on their shots. Or they will not have taken Paxlovid when they got sick.
3: Yeah, Paxlovid, as he said, it's Paxlovid. Uh ineffective and beyond expensive and may have caused a lot of deaths, kind of like AZT did with, uh, with AIDS, and Anthony Fauci was in charge then, too. All right, so uh, we're going to move on next to the, uh, the Hochul-Zeldin debate. It got pretty hot and heavy. If you want to chime in, here's the number, 800-922-6680. It is a Wednesday edition of The Rob Carson Show.
1: The people are mad as hell. It's the Rob Carson Show.
9: I'm here today with uh, my COVID team, as well as leaders from some of America's top pharmacies, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Albertsons. And we're here with a simple message. Get vaccinated.
3: Yeah, I I think uh, anything you say about vaccinations at this point is going to be met with uh, deaf ears, because honestly... Uh, As I quoted The Who earlier, we won't be fooled again. In a number of ways. In another uh, number of ways. Yeah. The President of the United States urged all Americans to get their boosters. And by the way, he said that... uh, uh, everybody who dies in America, uh, it's because they weren't updated on their boosters. Well, uh, let me see. 8.5% of the American people have gotten the final booster. So basically the president is saying that uh, everybody who dies, it's a good chance that most people who die of anything right now will not be up to date on their boosters. But it isn't not having a booster that killed them. But Joe Biden is going to uh, credit the not getting a booster with your death. That's, that's what he said, by the way. It, it, and it's absurd and it's sickening, to be quite honest. He expressed his uh, disappointment. More people were not getting their booster shots. Oh, God, his disappointment means so much to me. Urged all Americans to get uh, vaccinated by Halloween. <laughs> apparently, the president uh, promoted certain vaccine shots that apparently offer people a coupon just to get uh, vaccinated. Uh, $5, $10, $20 off your drugstore or grocery store purchase. And, of course, he got his uh, third booster after two shots and g- having COVID uh, twice in uh, July. Amid fears of a spike in COVID cases this winter, the administration launching a public service campaign to push Americans to get the uh, latest protection. Are you ready for this? Did you even know this existed? I doubt. Uh, the BA-4 and the BA-5 subvariants of Omicron Anybody heard of either one of those? Maybe if you watch the nightly news, I guess. BA-4 and BA-5. Then there's the BA-549. Uh, No, it's BR-549. That's a completely different thing. But only if you're a guy who owns a car dealership. It's a Hee Haw reference, by the way. So there you go. Despite calls for uh, all to get inoculated by Halloween, barely 20 million people, 8.5% of those who are eligible uh, more than a month into the drive have gotten the jab. Do you know why? Because we won't be fooled again. We won't be fooled again. No. No, no, no. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And then there's this. And then there's uh, there's this. Hold on, I got this here. Oh, yeah, Biden, he said there's another... Uh, th- this is what he said the other day about uh, a coming virus. He says, so, you know, if you're not vaccinated for this one, there's certainly going to be another one.
9: Republicans in Congress are still preventing funding. We need to stay vigilant on the head of the next virus. They refuse the funding. But we've not, we're not going to relent. We're not going to relent. We haven't relented.
3: We won't do it. So... He's saying we got to be ready for the next virus, even though we don't know when the next virus is, where it's going to come from. Hell, you've been dishonest about where this one came from. So, why are we worried about the next virus? Seriously, why are we worried about the next virus? Since this one was created in a lab in communist China. And I believe that, too. That's another thing you were told. You couldn't think, you couldn't think out loud. Remember, remember jerkweeds like this? This is, uh, this is Chuck Todd. This is Chuck Todd a couple months ago going after people like me who said, you know, this, uh, this uh, vaccine mandates and vaccination uh, passports and all this crap are a bunch of garbage. This is one of the people I'm telling you who would stand outside of the train cars and push you in. They would volunteer gladly. It's happened in history. People have become the useful stooges of totalitarians. Uh, Chuck Todd was one of those people.
1: Please get vaccinated. If you know someone who's not vaccinated, find a way to convince them to get vaccinated. Literally, the only people dying are the unvaccinated. And for those of you spreading misinformation, shame on you. Shame on you. People are needlessly dying because of your misinformation.
3: No, that was all a lie, Chucky. It was all a lie. But now we know who the useful idiots will be now you you pretty much broadcast it. you and there was uh uh howard stern you know who's the biggest porn uh, my, uh monger in the history of of communications uh i mean just a grotesque human being that uh watches women you know do whatever in front of him for his pleasure and it's supposed to be i guess entertaining for the rest of us although he does some good interviews with uh, some bands their performances on his show are quite good Foo Fighters, uh, ZZ Top. I've seen those, but then, you know, the rest of it is all crap. CNN's uh, broadcast of New, D- New Day. Contributor and Brown University economics professor Emily Toy Oster, Oster stated that due to the tremendous failure by adults in handling school during the pandemic, we'll, have, we'll be seeing the impacts of learning loss forever. Yeah, and I haven't heard a, uh, an apology yet from the dear leader. He's just promoting a vaccine your kid doesn't need. Here's Emily Oster. So I
10: think we will see this made up, and maybe that's a glass half full way, uh, way to put it, but I think it will not be fast. These declines are very large. They're, in, in a sense, unprecedented. And, if and we unnecessary. we think, well, they'll be recovered in a year or two years, that's probably overly All a
3: bunch of lazy teacher union leadership that want more money for less work and they could give a rats behind about the children that are being uh... screwed
10: optimistic if we look five six years out i think we will start coming back what is true is that there are kids who have saved dropped out of school who will not ever make this up so we will be seeing long-term impacts of this i think more or less forever but some of this will will come back
12: yeah what do you tell those kids what do you tell kids who who may feel like hey wait a second this wasn't our fault
10: yeah i think one thing we should say is i'm sorry i mean i think that this was a tremendous failure by adults that is going to affect kids probably forever in some sense and so yeah, i think one yeah. thing is boy we are sorry um and i think another thing we can say is we're doing everything we can and we should be doing everything we can to try to to get back no no
3: no no. we don't want you to do it anymore you've already bleeped things up badly enough we just want you to apologize apologize and get the hell out of the way how about that all right i promise next please eldon kathy Hokel. Live in the MMA ring in New York, coming up.
1: His first grade teacher said he talked out of turn. Worse after he's missed a day. Well, things haven't changed. It's the Rob Carson Show.
3: Hey, Kit, we have a special guest. She is Chrissy Clark. She's a reporter for The Daily Caller, which I check out every single day. Also is a Newsmax contributor, and she joins us on the Newsmax hotline right now, although she's feeling a bit under the weather today, a little cold action, I guess. Uh, Good morning, Chrissy, or good afternoon. How you doing?
13: Good, good. Uh, No COVID, so, you know, in the clear on that.
3: Yeah, now, you you said to me off air that you (laughs) caught COVID three
13: times? Yeah, yeah. I got COVID three times after getting the shot. Well, once before getting the shot and then twice after getting
3: the so shot. You, you so you had, you got the vaccine, you know, you, you got COVID, then you got the vaccine, then you got COVID twice more.
13: Yeah. Well, clearly yeah. you Actually, just need your- third s- time I was like in the hospital. Oh, dear super, Lord. Super, super sick. So it really provided nothing for me.
3: Well, yeah, but the pr- here's a problem. You didn't get your second shot and your three boosters like Joe Biden yesterday.
13: Right, right. I mean, maybe if I had gotten my 17 boosters and, like, forgotten how to talk, I'd be in better Oh, my place. God.
3: So you so you were so sick you were in the hospital the third
13: time? Yeah, the third time I got – I must have gotten that Delta. It was during the Delta wave last yeah. year. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I had, like – walking pneumonia, I Dear believe, Lord. with it as well. It was just not,
3: it was a rough go-around. Well, yeah, it has been a rough go-around for the entire country. Yesterday, the New York Supreme Court said that uh, employees in New York City who were fired for not getting the vaccine <laughs> had to be reinstated with back pay. I think that needs to spread across the country, uh, and I hope and pray it happens after November the 8th, because people need to pay for the uh, malfeasance, the nonsense, the propaganda, the BS that they perpetrated on the American people, including individuals like you, who you say that you only reason you got the vaccine was because you were living in washington dc and you wanted to be able to, to enjoy any uh, modicum of freedom afforded uh and that was only to people who had been vaccinated right
13: right yeah absolutely and i i definitely feel lied to you know i'm sure many americans um you know, you're susceptible, especially young people, like we're susceptible to what we hear on the internet. And so we're like, oh, okay, I guess I'll, I'll go get this shot if it's me doing my part. And, um, you know, the mainstream media paints people who were against that narrative as conspiracy theorists. And in reality, those conspiracy theorists were totally and completely right, as we found
3: out. Yeah, and it's really amazing, uh, Chrissy Clark, that um, uh, the government came up with this uh, tried and true phrase uh, I- invented by Joseph Stalin in 1923, being disinformatia, and they decided that anything that we disagreed on, whether it be the 2020 election, Hunter Biden's laptop, a uh, collusion between uh, uh, Hillary Clinton and uh, the uh, FBI and the Democrat Party uh, with regard to the 2016 election, any time that we disagreed with any government narrative, They use the word disinformation, Uh, and and I immediately knew that uh, if they say disinformation, it means you know the truth, and it sounds like we've been right on everything, and each one of these dominoes appear to be falling.
13: Right. Well, also, isn't it so funny how uh, Hillary Clinton goes on and promotes disinformation (laughs) and no one says anything about it? Didn't you just say the other day that right-wing right-wingers are going to steal the 2024 election. Yeah. Like, chill. We know you're going to lose to Ron DeSantis. Now, Chrissy, chill, uh,
3: just, just to be honest, we got to be honest and out here, you and I have already been talking about throwing the 2032 election. I just want to get that <laughs> on the table. Just want to get that on the table. We're already way ahead. We're thinking about how we're going to throw the election in 2032. Yeah, uh, you know, because totally. it, can you believe that nonsense that she would say that the Republicans are already planning to overthrow 2024?
13: I know. Rob, I just I. Feel- uh, Time and time again, like we always say Hillary Clinton is not good at anything. I, I have to respectfully disagree. She's very good at election denial.
3: Yeah, and uh, election denial is still being used as a label for uh, people who uh, are liars. I guess we're liars if we uh, deny that 2020 uh, may have been stolen. I believe it was because there are literally tens of thousands of affidavits. Uh, There is copious evidence of uh, malfeasance with regard to drop boxes. Uh, There is election law changes. I mean, there are reams and reams of evidence. But we have been told that uh, we are deniers, uh, that we are. Uh, radical, And yet Hillary Clinton can say that 2016, she still, oh, you he, he called her the next morning. He, he, she called Donald Trump the next day. But she went on for six years and still does say the election was stolen. And now she's, she's doing literally what Tom Cruise, the, the movie, uh, what was it? Uh, I always forget the name of the movie, the Tom Cruise movie about future crime, Minority Report. She's saying that now we are trying to steal the 2024. It is remarkable. And if it were just a double standard, that would be easy enough. But it really is um, It really is uh, the language of, uh, I don't know, dividing the country in two. Um, and, and I think we need to, we need to end it. Um, let's talk a little bit about last night's debates. I, I understand you saw a little bit of the Fetterman debate. I look at it as an obscene spectacle. Um, I, I played some of the audio this morning. I don't like to play the entire sound bites by John Fetterman, but it is an obscene spectacle. The man should have been pulled from the race, and I'm really disgusted, actually, more by the Democrat Party than by John Fetterman staying in. What do you think?
13: Well, yeah, it seems like the devil, Democrat Party has a tendency to put people that can't be, that shouldn't be able to run for office, running for office. First, we had Joe Biden, who is basically a walking dead person. And we also <laughs> yes, have John yes, Fetterman, yes. who really shouldn't be, again, running in the race. Like, it feels like the Democratic Party might be abusing their candidates. I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, the other thing, too, I took away from Fetterman is the way that the media spun the coverage of it was like, hey, you know, at least he debated. Like, that's the bare minimum. Why are we applauding Like, I don't applaud men when they take me out to dinner and pay for my meal. That's the bare minimum. Why am I applauding you? (laughs) You're doing the bare minimum.
3: Yeah, it it really was. And And they set it up yesterday. They had a million reasons why he was going to fail. Before the debate, before the debate, and then and then, even though the immediate polling said eighty-two percent of the people who watch it said, "Oh yeah, uh, Fetterman shouldn't be running," he got his clock cleaned, etc. Uh, the the Philadelphia Inquirer, all of the members of the editorial of the board say for sure Fetterman won. It really is remarkable when you think. <laughs> about
13: it. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke. Uh, I think the people think differently, and that just goes to show why polling time and time again shows that Republicans and Democrats finally agree on one thing, that mainstream media is crap. And I simultaneously like the biggest thing that came out of this, though, was having to watch. Did you see the Chris Cuomo video? That was my favorite video of all time where Chris (laughs) Cuomo was like, hey, I actually have to be a legitimate Intervie- interviewer, like yeah. a legitimate person yeah. in the news media. So here, I'm going to ask you some questions and people are giving him answers like, yeah, you know, Fetterman sucks. I think I'm going to vote for Oz. And <laughs> i just had to sit there and take it. it was
2: so I love
3: great. It. Oh, yeah, I love it. Now, you have been a, a woman your entire life, I'm assuming. I, I mean, yeah. I could be wrong. It is 2022 yeah. after all. And, uh-huh. and the other day, a, uh, a 200-day-old woman went to the White House on Saturday, uh, Dylan Mulvaney, and spoke not only for women, but for transgendered individuals and was taken seriously by a uh, a severely brain-addled president. What are your thoughts about Dylan Mulvaney moving in front of uh, hundreds of thousands, millions of women to sit across from the president after being a woman for just about 220 days?
13: Okay, so it's two-pronged for me. (laughs) First of all, Dylan Mulvaney originally had fame from being on Broadway, so to go and cosplay as a woman is absolutely absurd from the get-go. And, you know, the way that his videos are Conducted, Calling himself a bimbo by day three of being a woman, that's incredibly insulting to women yes. everywhere. And I was just really taken aback that the Biden White House wouldn't give an interview to a hardworking female journalist, yet they have time for an interview with somebody who's been a woman for 200 days. Yeah. And then you go and take it from uh, – a point of view that maybe I'm not incredibly sympathetic towards but it's it's worth arguing is okay what about people that have been trans like their whole lives what about people that really have undergone the surgery the the uh, Every, every aspect of it, yeah. the hormone therapy, the cross-sex hormones, who are really dedicated to the cause that aren't some wild activist that makes TikTok videos and has been an LGBTQ ally for like two weeks. These are <laughs> they're real people that have undergone this that would really actually like to press the president on some of yeah, these yeah. issues, who aren't just hardcore activists.
3: Now, it's interesting. Riley Gaines last night was on Tucker. She's the uh, University of Kentucky swimmer who stood up to mm-hmm. uh, Leah Thomas, uh, who uh, was a failure as a swimmer until he his junior year and decided to become a woman so he could beat the crap out of women and go to the locker room still being heterosexual, still dating women, and uh, stand naked with them. Uh, other than that, you know, I mean, I like to call it psychosexual assault, to be quite honest. It's psychosexual assault that has happened play- against the, uh, the the women. But think about this. In Shakespearean times, men played women. Do you know why? Because they wouldn't allow women to be on stage, okay? So men played women, all right? Then, in, the, in Vaudeville, the uh, black actors were kept out of work by white men who dressed up as black people, all right? So isn't effectively these, uh, these uh, transgender individuals who are men uh, saying that they are women, isn't this, like Riley Gaines said last night and like I said weeks ago, isn't this the equivalent of blackface?
13: Ah, that's a really interesting point. I never thought of it like that, but I have heard people say it's woman face. Yeah. So uh, I guess you could make the equivalent. Um, the difference is, is that when a Republican does something, even like a modicum of this, they get absolutely canceled. But you have Governor Ralph Northam, uh, Dylan Mulvaney, and-, and Justin Trudeau all in their black or woman face, and they're still a- prancing around and getting <laughs> interviews. Well, you know, it's
3: remarkable because they both came from theater. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it did. It did. It's, it's, it's the exact carbon copy of blackface. It is, except for it's replacing women with men, and now it's replacing. Uh, uh, and back then, it was it was replacing black actors with white actors. It's it's absolutely stunning the comparison, and it's one hundred percent spot on. I think you should be as a woman. I would be really really mad. And I got to tell you something else. I mean, when you when you as a woman look at being a woman, it's more than just. Uh, dressing, wearing makeup, supposedly, I guess, and all of the things that this jerk Dylan Mulvaney uses as far as stereotypes for women, when being a woman is so much more than that. What does being a woman mean to you, Chrissy?
13: Uh, Well, I think I need you to define what a woman is. I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, You know, I think right now, I'm 25. And, you know, when I look at my future ahead, I can't wait to be a mother. And that was one of the things that Dylan Mulvaney kept talking about is, oh, I can't wait to be a mother. I'm going to be a mom. No, you're not. You're never going to have the opportunity to hold your child that came out of you, that you carried in your stomach. Okay. There are certain things that you'll just never have. And the problem with it is, one, that these people think that, is actually possible and two they're simultaneously advocating for real young women to have double mastectomies ah. while they're minors and then never be able to have that experience because they are real women and it's terrifying that this is what activism turns into is not just ignoring biological realities mocking and women and then encouraging young women to cut off their breasts
3: yeah. Let me ask you this, Chrissy, before we wrap things up here. Uh, you are technically, I guess, cusp between uh, millennials and uh, Gen Z. I have a 22-year-old son, Gen Z, uh, a uh, 17-year-old daughter, Gen Z. Um, what are you hoping comes out of this election, uh, and, and where do you hope that we can go from here? Because I have a feeling that as far as Gen Z is concerned, you guys have really hit bottom. I, and it's not because of something you've done. It's because of what you've had uh, perpetrated upon you. What are your thoughts about uh, the coming election and, and the future of the country.
13: Yeah, well, I think the cool thing about Gen Z that I, they're not millennials, that's for sure. They just kind of operate in a different space. Um, and it's not that people, we need to be like moved around um, or like super sensitive around Gen Z compared to the millennials. Yep. Gen Z just is really entrenched in their beliefs. And so I think you're going to start to see more candidates like the Bernie Sanders or the Donald Trumps of the world really succeed. Um, you know, for instance, you uh, Joe O'Day in Colorado. No, that was somebody that everyone was like, oh, yeah, he's an establishment candidate. He'll do great. And he's not polling that great. Uh-huh. Uh, there are instances like that where I just see Gen Z is very much attracted to uh, their people that they like and the ideas that they're always going to be entrenched in. So when it comes to dealing with Gen Z, I mean, have your ideas and stand by them because they can spot a phony from a mile away because that's yeah. all we do is sit on our TV phones and spot whether people are phony (laughs) or not so being real and being authentic with an audience is something that it, those are annoying like words that I, it like drives me wild i'm like stop saying authentic that's such a stupid word but also yeah. <laughs> that's what gen z looks for so real messaging for real people i, I, think I agree. that's
3: where it goes. And, and i also believe that uh the, you know i've been talking about how uh, we have uh, suffered abuses and usurpations and uh, and also just indignities and uh, gen z has had your rubs uh, your nose rubbed into it so i don't believe you're going to be as gullible with regard to this nonsense that's being passed off in schools as uh, say millennials were the first indoctrinated generation i have Hope for the future. Chrissy, I greatly appreciate your time today. Where can people find you on social media?
13: Yeah, you can always find me online at the Chrissy Clark on Instagram and Chrissy Clark underscore on Twitter.
3: All right. Have a glorious weekend, a great holiday, and of course, a great election as well. And we'll have you on again soon, okay? Thanks so much. All right, you're listening to the Rob Carson Show.
1: Say it loud and proud. Let's go, Brandon. It's the Rob Carson Show.
3: It is a Rob Carson Show, and uh, New York and New England are rationing heating oil. Before this winter, as stockpiles slump by 70%, fears rise that families will be left in the cold. This is Joe Biden's America, kids. Yeah, you know that uh, petroleum reserve being drained lowest level in 40-plus years. Stockpiles are down, and people in uh, in on the East Coast heating stockpiles have been affected. A pricing structure known as backwardation, in which prompt deliveries are priced at a premium over deliveries in the future. There's no incentive to store large amounts of product. According to Michael Ferrenti, the president of the Massachusetts Energy Marketers Association, Uh, It is projected to cost more than $2,300 to heat a typical home with heating oil this winter. That's up substantially, by the way, about 30%, by the way. And then, of course, there's the heating bills with natural gas up 30%. The uh, average cost to heat a home this winter, about $930 with natural gas, $1,350 with uh, electricity. People are scared, they're worried and frustrated, according to Lisa McGee, who coordinates the Healing Aid Program for Community Concepts, Inc., in Maine, there's more anxiety this year. Maine resident Aaron Ramos says the writing on the wall and began stockpiling uh, heating oil in five-gallon increments over the summer as costs crept upwards. So people are going to have to choose between food and warmth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. It's a hard one. Uh, what what are you going to choose for food or what, what amount of fuel, oil, are you going to choose to stay warm? The situation is even bleaker in Europe. This is the work of the New World Order, which I wasn't a, believe in, a believer in until I saw the same policies being implemented around the world. Here is uh, Lee Zeldin last night. He was uh, debating Kathy Hochul, who's not an elected governor. She's just a COVID dictator and a complete buffoon. Going after her on the biggest thing that's affecting New Yorkers and driving them to the polls. And that is the absolute bleep job that she and Democrats
12: have done with regard to crime and no cash bail. Well, listen, you ask the will of the people. They want to see reform. Even Mayor Adams says that judges should have discretion away dangerousness. I don't think that if you're two Mexican cartel drug smugglers busted with $1.2 million worth of crystal meth, that you should just be instantly... The Oakland supports Castle's Bell. As soon as it got implemented, she was out there bragging about it. She chose the champion. Of the- Benjamin and the architect of Castles Bell, Brian Benjamin, yeah, that guy who got arrested and had to resign, that was her first big decision to make him the lieutenant governor. We need to. Repe- wow, well, Lee sounds like me on a Monday coming back to the airwaves. heal Castles Bell. We need to repeal the HALT Act. Amend raise the age and less is more. We need to make our streets safe again. I'm running to take back our streets and to support unapologetically our men and women in law enforcement. Yeah, Wait a minute, are you saying you never asked to defund them? This is about all of us together, Republicans, Democrats, Independents.
3: I told you this, guys. I told you that uh, the two parties are going to come together. The people who love the country, and we're going to leave these these idiots in the dust. These these people who are so radically
12: extreme, the ten percent that are ruling the company, a country, they're going down. As New Yorkers, to make sure our streets are safe again, to make sure our subways are safe again. This is our opportunity. Two weeks from tonight, we can continue with the status quo, where they believe they haven't passed enough pro-criminal laws, or we can take control of our destiny and make sure law-abiding New York- Yorkers are in charge of our streets again.
3: Now, here is Kathy Hochul's uh, tone-deaf response. I don't know why he's so upset. This uh, may have cost her the election.
12: They're not being represented. From this this governor, who still, to this moment, we're we? halfway through the debate, she still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Okay. Anyone is- who
0: commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change they made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you. All I know is that...
3: I don't know why that's so important to you. I don't know why putting someone in jail and keeping them in jail for committing a crime is so important to you.
0: Okay. Anyone who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change they made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you
3: all. Wow, I unbelievable. Uh, let's take a break. We've got more coming up. It's the Rob Carson Show.
1: They called us deplorables.
14: Well, we're not going
2: to take it.
1: They shut down our country.
2: Well, we ain't going to take it.
1: They say our thoughts are disinformation. is our response the Rob Carson show.
3: It is the last hour of the Rob Carson show and we've got a bunch of stuff to get to including inflation also the battle against uh, election theft. Also uh, the uh, the cabal of the US government, the Democrat party, big social media, the mainstream media all shutting down free speech. I've told you this. Uh, anytime the government says something that you say is inform- disinformation or misinformation they know you're, you know the truth. And this is being shown in a lawsuit being brought against the federal government. And all of this is has come, come out in the wash. That's why I've never tempered what I have to say. That's why I've never doubted what I have to say about the election, about Hunter's Laptop, about 2016 with the, uh, the dossier and Hillary Clinton collaboration with the FBI. I've never backed off that. Have some people said I should? Oh, yeah, yeah, not in my company. Thank you. But there are a lot of uh, conservative talk show hosts who are like, oh, we can't talk about that. We really? You're in talk radio. Uh, y- there's a thing called the First Amendment. And we've had it since the founding. It's made us the greatest engine of individual and economic freedom in the history of mankind. Uh, nobody can tell you what your opinion is and what opinion is not acceptable. Screw you. And I can say, screw you,
12: because of the First Amendment.
3: Yeah, but I would say it in a whole different way. Somebody actually talking to me off the air, telling me that I couldn't talk. So, uh, oh, yeah, then we got President Doofy as the president. We're not supposed to talk about the president's mental infirmity, even though he can't even speak. He uh, spoke to a dead person a couple weeks ago, and he walked around in the trees, and then he fell asleep during an NBC interview. But you can't say anything about that. It's disinformation. Notice the obvious.
9: My intention to run again, and we have time to make that decision.
2: Uh, Dr. Biden is for it, Mr. President. Oh. Wake up, sleepy Joe. Did you fall asleep? Hello. When he asked you the question, we did not hear a peep. Sleepy Joe dozed off. Yeah in a recent interview hey hey wake up if you saw it for yourself you know it's true (laughs) he was sleeping it was clear the question biden didn't hear Uh, despite the spin the white house tried to do it's disinformation Wake up, Sleepy Joe. Let's call it a rap even. <laughs> Biden believers know that Joe a the man. man. Wake up, Sleepy Joe. Go. That is uh, brand
3: new from Did Jim Yeah,
4: uh,
3: Two S's and two T's. You can't say the obvious. You can't say the obvious. If you say the obvious... That's disinformation and misinformation. Isn't that amazing? They really thought that would work. They, they really, really thought that would work in 2022 because they had such a collaboration with big social media, the governments of the, uh, the United States, the, the different departments, the IRS, the FBI, all weaponized against conservatives. They thought that would work. But the truth got out. The truth got out. The truth shall, shall set you free. So uh, New York uh, Republican gubernatorial candidate uh, Lee Zeldin uh, took on uh, Kathy Hochul, not elected for uh, the governor, but she took over and became a COVID dictator. Uh, Lee Zeldin has uh, explained why the country, uh, you know, New York leads the country in population loss, by the way. It does. It does. New York has led the nation in population loss. The U.S. Census Bureau found that New York lost 319,000 citizens between July 2020 and July 2021. Uh, and, uh, and Kathy Hochul was in charge, a good share of that actually. Why are people leaving, uh, New York and mass? Well, it's easy. You, all you gotta do is ask yourself why the hell you wouldn't live in New York. And then you'd have the answer. And it mostly has to do with taxation, regulation, COVID dictators, COVID idiots like Kathy Hochul. The ability to be able to make a living, to be able to get around, the ability to be able to drive a gas vehicle without it being banned by the year 2035. I could go on and on. Lee Zeldin.
12: Yeah, I mean, the, the reality is, and I've been asking for months, and my opponent still can't finish this sentence. You can't expect her to ever fix it. But New York leads the entire nation in population loss because... She actually got asked this question by the media a few weeks ago when she was at Binghamton Airport. She probably would love to have a redo because she messed it up that time. For me, you asked me why does New York lead the entire nation in population loss? Because their wallets, their safety, their freedom, and their quality of their kids' education are under attack. So they're hitting their breaking point. They're looking at other states like the Carolinas, Tennessee, Texas, Florida, and elsewhere, and they feel like their money will go further, they'll feel safer, and they'll live life freer. The state is at a crossroads. We were at a crossroads in 1994. When New York elected George Pataki, and we're at a crossroads right now. But as far as what happens with Kathy Hochul and one-party rule for four more years, outsized power of self-described socialists, we need balance and common sense restored to Albany.
3: Oh, we do need that. We need uh, Dan Cox to win in Maryland. We need Doug Mastriano to win in Pennsylvania, restore some sanity to these states that have been held back from their true greatness by uh, COVID dictators, COVID idiots, and socialists. Here's Lee Zeldin going after Kathy Hochul on the COVID nonsense that she put the people through. This is why the Supreme Court of New York yesterday said reinstate everybody who was fired in the city of New York, public employees, for not getting the vaccine. Reinstate them and give them pa- back pay. But of course, uh, the city of New York is is uh, gonna appeal that because they're scumbags. Here's uh, Lee Zeldin going after Kavi uh, Hochul for her COVIDiacy and COVID dictatorship.
12: Now, talking about what happened in nursing homes, Where was my opponent with the deadly nursing home order and cover-up? Why is it that the numbers are still on the Department of Health website that are outdated? What about the meeting with the COVID uh, families who lost their loved ones, who were promised a long-overdue COVID investigation, never got got it? Why don't you speak up with regards to the deadly nursing home order and cover-up? Why aren't you looking into the transparency and accountability that these fa- It's
3: because Democrats love it when you die right after your sixth or fifth birthday. I'm not kidding. I wish I were. They do. They don't want you to get Medicaid and Medicare. They don't want you to get Social Security. They want to take what they've taken your entire life to pay them, and they want to keep it. I
12: wish I weren't
3: telling the truth, but I
12: am. Families of thousands of deceased New York families have. Why don't you stick up for the people who weren't able to see their loved ones in their final hours and being denied? Yeah, all of that was unnecessary. You had time after time after time opportunities to stand up for these families, but you were silent or complicit or out to lunch.
3: And here is Kathy Hochul defending the indefensible.
0: You've been an election denier. A climate change denier.
3: Proudly, absolutely 100%. Me too.
0: You and Donald Trump were the masterful COVID deniers. We are dealing with a real crisis.
3: These are all uh, tried and tested, I guess, uh, Democrat buzzwords denier, Trump, MAGA, mega, uh, you know, turbo, I don't know.
0: And the more people get vaccinated, get those shots in arms. And I would do it all over again what I did last year that mandate for healthcare workers.
3: Really? Uh, She also said that she's perfectly content with uh, putting masks on children and completely destroying their lives. Will you follow the CDC's
8: recommendation to add COVID vaccines to children's vaccine
10: schedules?
0: One year ago when I became governor, we were still experiencing the effects of the Delta variant and it was scary. And children weren't able to get back to school unless we directed them to make sure that they had... Then there
3: was the Delta 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 variant, which is a mild uh, form of it, but you You sing these catchy little songs about it. Who's got COVID? Yes, we do. It's the Delta, Delta, Delta version.
0: the opportunity to wear a mask. A mask was able to get kids back into schools. That is important to me to keep children- And they were worthless. In schools. But at this point now, we have so many vaccines available. Remember, it wasn't that long ago- And nobody wants them. When they're in short supply, lines around the block, there was nothing at the pharmacy. There was a real panic around this. Now, because we have plentiful vaccine supply, everybody should get their booster. I had my booster, I'm getting my flu shot tomorrow. Oh,
3: well, in that case, I mean, we all want to be just like you, because you're just so- so awesome! Uh, she's toast. I really, I, I, hope and pray that she is toast. Oh, uh, let's let's move on to some economy stuff. Listen to this. Now I mentioned that they're going to be, they already are uh, rationing fuel oil in the Northeast. Okay, just like Germany, we're sitting on an oceans of uh, fossil fuels. By the way, all of this is uh, is uh, by plan. Uh, Barack Obama said it decade uh, over a decade ago. Said that you're not going to be able to drive the SUV you want, eat what you want. European-style gas prices—the whole deal. This is a, the, the fulfillment of a uh, of a promise that was a secret. Yeah, horrifying expensive candy has Americans uh, scared this Halloween. Inflation has pushed up the price of Skittles forty-two percent. Well, so much for taste of the rainbow. Starburst thirty-five percent. Hershey's hasn't raised their uh, their candy bar prices. They haven't. Yeah. Candy sales averaged about nine about nine billion dollars from twenty seventeen to twenty nineteen. Nine billion dollar, uh, nine point one 2017. So uh, Skittles way up, Starburst way up, but the chan- you know chances are the Circus Peanuts they're, they've come down, and Necco wafers and all the stuff that your grandpa and grandma you know had in the house, like the little curly Q candy that was on the the end table there, that would sit there and a big curly Q hard candy. Yeah, they, they're 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 blowing that out. They're blowing that out. Listen to this. Half of Americans say the cost of living, squeeze, is taking the toll on their health as millions turn to booze, junk food, and smoking. As worries mount over rising energy uh, bills this winter, 50% of us say we're stressed, eating less healthily, smoking, drinking more. The cost of heating a home with oil will jump by 27% to about $2,354. Heating oil suppliers in the Northeast are literally having to uh, ration the fuel. Inflation, crime, and immigration are the front of voters' minds as Joe Biden and the Democrats focus on stupid crap like getting a third booster you don't need and, uh, you know, having your daughter change genders. Adults are moving back with their parents despite having kids of their own. A bit of roommate boom due to record high rent triggered by inflation. Yeah. Shonda Austin has three kids moved out of their uh, Las Vegas home into her mother's Michigan house after rent increased by 24% in Nevada. Austin is saving until she can move into another home that is more affordable and is looking to move uh, towards southern the United States. Rent has gone up in the country 25%. So, uh, yeah, 18% of U.S. adults said in the last six months they have uh, been living rent-free with family or friends. (laughs) There you go. There you go unbelievable oh uh, this is kind of positive Mitch McConnell has to go as the leader of the Republican Party in the Senate the uh, Alaska GOP is censuring Mitch McConnell by the way because he is uh paying for with uh, Republican money attack ads on Kelly Chewbacca, who is running against Lisa Murkowski and is expected to uh, win and uh, I hope and pray she does by the way Oh, and we have a new affiliate, KYBR, in Anchorage. To you guys who are listening on the weekends up there, we greatly appreciate it. Let's take a break and come back. Uh, Election theft, is it going to happen? Well, some things are happening in our favor. We'll get to that uh, in just a second. This is the Rob Carson Show.
1: has been waging a war on America for decades. That's not right, it's not fair. And we're quite simply not going to take it anymore. Honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show.
3: The Delaware Supreme Court strikes down the state's vote-by-mail and same-day voter registration, another attempt by Democrats to steal... The election, Judicial Watch reacted to a recent move by the Delaware Supreme Court to strike down the state's vote-by-mail and same-day voter registration statutes for violating the Delaware Constitution. So a Judicial watch submitted in the case which argues the Delaware statute impermissibly expands those practices far beyond the limits set in the Delaware Constitution because that's how you steal elections. You use a COVID uh, virus to uh, enact m- emergency, emergency orders that allow the government to do anything Delaware General Assembly uh, attempted to grant uh, er, every voter the uh, opportunity to vote by mail and register to vote up to the day of the general election. The court ruled the state may, mail by, uh, vote by mail impermissibly expands the categories of absentee voter voters identified. The same-day registration statute conflicts with the provisions of Article 5, Section 4 of the Delaware Constitution. In the amicus brief, Judicial Watch emphasized mail-in voting is highly susceptible to fraud and abuse, which is why Democrats like it so much, which is why they stopped it in the 70s in France. In France, they voted one day. That's the way we need to do it here. And it's not election fraud. It's not election thievery. It's not racism. It's not Jim Crow. If you believe that, you can kiss my butt. Kiss Kiss it. Kiss it. Kiss it. Kiss it. State and federal officials have universally acknowledged the existence of the threat of fraud due to mail in voting. Voting by mail is problematic enough that election experts say there have been multiple elections in which no one can say with confidence which candidate was the deserved winner. It's a shakedown, it's a put on. And if you believe it, that's disinformation. The RNC is playing offense with most litigious election cycle yet, launching 73 suits in 20 states. During the 22-23 election cycle, Republican National Committee has launched 73 lawsuits on election integrity issues in 20 states. The Political Action Committee pros- to the rights of poll watchers to monitor vote counting, unlike they did uh, last time. RNC filed a lawsuit against New York and Vermont for attempting to pass a law that would allow 900,000 non-citizens to vote in the upcoming elections. Oh, that's interesting. Committee also successfully blocked Pennsylvania from counting absentee ballots without dates, which went against state law and Supreme Court ruling. They're trying to do it there. Michigan uh, Democrat Senator uh, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson lost a legal battle to the RNC last week after she imposed illegal restrictions on poll challengers. That's interesting. Election Transparency Initiative Executive Director Michael Barr says that after the shortcomings of the last election, a proactive and preemptive legal strategy is critical to the election integrity voters deserve, and people want it because we know we got scrawn in 2020, and you could say it. You can say it, it's okay. This is an interesting uh, residents of Gwinnett County, Georgia, asked three Gwinnett County Board of Elections officers to step down uh, due to being complicit in the 2022 election crimes. This county on the north side of the state, and it includes a portion of Atlanta, in August was reported uh, that uh, 37,500 affidavits were provided to the county election board challenging the 2020 election that should have never been certified in Georgia. There were 37,500 people who had sworn affidavits saying they saw voter fraud. 2,000 mules, anyone? Wow. They dismissed affidavits. Eight boxes of notarized affidavits containing months of research, up to five pieces of evidence rejected by uh, Gwinnett County, Georgia. Pennsylvania Democrat officials mailed out uh, 240,000 ballots to unverified voters. Did you know that? Fifteen state representatives sent a letter of uh, to Acting uh, uh, Secretary of Commonwealth Lee uh, Chapman after they discovered that more than 240,000 illicit ballots were sent out in the state prior to the 2022 midterms. These ballots must now be set aside. They can't be counted in November on the 8th election until the voter uh, produces an identification. Do you see why they don't want voter ID? Let's go to Ed in Tucson, Arizona. Hello there, Ed. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today?
4: Uh, hey, Rob. I was just... Uh
14: going to mention that uh, you always bring up the class of 1968 that uh, yes. my, older sis- my older sister uh, graduated uh, about that time and uh, she painted with watercolors make love not war peace signs all over the car and we picked my dad up from the airport uh, and, uh, he was coming back from Vietnam and uh, he wouldn't get in the car he rented a car and drove home
4: I
3: thought that was funny. Wow, wow, yeah. Well, you know, I talk metaphorically about the class of 1968. Is the it is the the first generation in academia that really uh, started to uh, promote the Marxist ideas of you know Karl Marx, obviously uh, Joseph Stalin as well, and uh, and they managed to uh, completely indoctrinated uh, uh, the first generation. Completely indoctrinated was the millennials,
10: uh, yeah. and they're yeah. trying to you know
3: get all the things that they wanted done. Uh, this election after they stole the twenty twenty election with uh, with Joe Biden. so uh, yes, well, I think that's that has your has your sister is she still around? I mean, is she has she changed her uh, point of view?
14: Oh, absolutely. now she she's she's conservative minded now, but at the time, obviously she wasn't. I sure appreciate your radio station. Thank you.
3: All right. Ed, I appreciate it, brother. I'm glad she was able to turn it around. It's amazing. There's this thing called wisdom that comes with age, and then some Democrats never get it. They just remain stupid and ignorant their entire lives, and that's why we need to uh, vote them out of office. There you go. Last half hour of the show right ahead. Ton of great stuff. You don't want to go anywhere. Trust me on this.
1: to put Nancy, Joe, Chuck, Bernie, and Mitch in a retirement home. Rest well and rest easy. You deserve it. It's the Rob Carson Show.
3: So a dead dog received a registered vote-by-mail application from the Michigan Democrat Party. 100% fed up, exclusive, a Michigan resident received an application to vote by mail. The return address on the envelope reveals the Michigan Democrat Party, uh, that's michigandems.com, paid to send the application inside the envelope. An invitation from the Center for Voter Information to register to vote by mail can be found addressed to Dear Ruby. Uh, Ruby is a dog and deceased, the homeowner at the uh, address wrote, and then hilariously gives the local clerk a heads-up to prevent any embarrassment of the Democrat Party. Quote, please correct before the Republican Party finds out and have an infantile meltdown, he scribbled across the his deceased dog's application to uh, register to vote. Most Democrats would just go ahead and vote. Yeah. Center for Voter Information uh, is identified as an organization that paid to send the invitation to register to vote. But curiously, the outside of the envelope shows the return address at the Michigan Democrat Party. The Center for Voter Information website states that it'll send out voter registration forms and vote-by-mail applications to eligible voters across the country. But it begs the question, is a dog an eligible voter? Does that mean Michigan uh, uh, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, who is far-left Democrat, approved of dead dogs receiving invitations to register to vote in their state? Why not? They register dead people. Yeah. There you go. Unbelievable. They're trying everything, guys, behind the scenes. But uh, we're not going to let it happen. And if it does, uh, you think things are ugly going into the election? Oh, no, 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 no. Not even close. If they try the kind of crap they did in 2020, oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm -hmm. We're going to shut this mother down. Constitutional scholar and liberal Jonathan Jonathan Turley explained Monday, the Biden administration uh, may have committed unconstitutional acts by encouraging social media censorship of narratives officials don't like. This happened, guys. That's the reason why uh, I was kicked off of uh, Facebook the day after the election of 2020. No explanation whatsoever. I was immediately censored. Didn't even have a chance to post. page just went away. Taken off YouTube, taken off Twitter. Hunter Biden laptop shut down the discussion of it before the election by the FBI. The FBI also collaborated with the Democrat Party, with a Russian operative, uh, with the DNC, with Hillary Clinton, to attempt to throw the election in 2016 by... Producing a faux dossier, they even offered uh, Christopher Steele a million dollars to validate what was in it, and he couldn't because it was such a lie. But they still used it to get a Pfizer warrant to uh, surveil the Trump campaign, transition team, and presidency because they wanted to find something. It was a fishing expedition, like the the raid of Mar-a-Lago. What happened to that story? Yeah. Last week, a federal judge granted a request to depose uh, top Biden administration officials over the allegations they colluded or coerced social media companies to censor stories. Oh, no, they didn't do any of that. They went right along. The social media companies went right along, just like the networks. Federal Judge uh, Terry Doherty ordered the deposition of 10 officials, including Anthony Fauci, Jen Saki, Vivek Murphy, the uh, Surgeon, uh, Surgeon General. F- Murphy, fake the live. Been waiting to do that. The order comes after Missouri t- uh, Attorney General Eric Schmidt. Hopefully will be on the show soon. And uh, Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry filed a lawsuit in May alleging the Biden administration ran afoul of the First Amendment. Here's a little bit from uh, Jonathan Turley about uh, the illegal, unconstitutional collusion between the Democrat Party, some of the major uh, departments of the federal government, including the DOJ and the FBI, uh, and big social media and the mainstream media, Colluding, working together to prevent truth from being told. To prevent, to censor like the Soviet Union, the thoughts of conservatives in this country. Here's Jonathan Turner.
14: The concern for free speech advocates is that there is a type of censorship by surrogate that democratic leaders and other groups have used social media to silence opposing voices. Why are all conservative thoughts being uh, unanimously
3: and universally rejected by all these platforms? because
14: it's the plan kids because it's the plan and you've had a number of people who've been banned on social media or had their tweets taken down get her intro social dump facebook dump twitter twuck fitter that have been proven correct you know some of those people questioned the use of these surgical masks and whether they were really effective uh... it turns out that their concerns were well-placed others raised the lab theory as the origin of the virus that's now being huh. uh, treated as Possible. You couldn't say anything about these if you're conservative. Even plausible. Uh, In some cases, some people think likely. But all of these views were silenced. Now, what we've learned is that there was this back channel to companies like Facebook and Uh Twitter uh, coming from agencies, and then they were sort of dropping the dime on people that they wanted to silence.
3: By the way, the uh, Twitter employees have penned an open letter to Elon Musk for his uh, reckless plan to fire 75 percent of staff staffers called the prospective layoffs reckless and a transparent act of worker intimidation see this is what happens when you are able to get away with anything in college and throw a temper tantrum and have conservative speakers thrown off and all that doesn't work in a corporate world and you certainly don't want to pin a letter to your boss saying that uh uh you uh you are against their his policies or her policy, whatever because you're going to get your ass fired There's an expression I like to use when when students walk out of class or or when these protests take place that are moronic, and that is um, you're not in a position to demand anything. You are not in a position as an employee of uh, Twitter to demand a damn thing because with you as an employee, this company has never made a dime. So if I were you, I would do everything I can to preserve my job by doing my job and being willing to work with a new boss who is going to save the company and make it profitable. But that's not what Candy aisle kids do. They throw a tipper tantrum. And I hope every mother-loving one of them get fired. Here's some more with uh, Jonathan Turley about the federal government uh, working with big social media, the mainstream media, the, the the departments of the federal government, the FBI working against a group of people. This is state sanctioned, state sanctioned apartheid
14: against conservatives. And so if it's using surrogates like Twitter to for a, a global or uh, censorship program, uh, it could run afoul of the Constitution. Now, it's interesting. No, is it did. That in those early communications, uh, these uh, the social media companies said, wait, this isn't a good time. Well, that was the day or day before this hearing when the CEOs denied that they were engaging in that type of censorship or back channel system. Fan meek feces feces meat fan well it does appear that back channels existed and so the question i have for the biden administration is if you if you're saying that this is untrue then here's something that you might want to consider Go ahead and go to the deposition. Stop fighting transparency. Go and make your case in these depositions. Yeah,
3: yeah, there's only one reason to fight transparency, and that is you don't want to be transparent. You want to cover something up. Uh, Jonathan Turley on how Twitter effectively shut down debate of anything that was counter to the biden administration
14: well you know what's really sad about this is that these are issues that are public health issues that these critics were raising things that we wanted to have debated but they couldn't be debated on social media you know the the twitter ceo said we're past the issue of uh who uh should speak What we're really focused on is who should be heard that's the attitude. That's wow. the
3: corporate censorship culture. Wow, this is, this is actually people marching in lockstep, just like the media has to do in North Korea, has to do in China. But in the United States, where we have the First Amendment, they literally chose, they choose to be tools of the state. I mean, dear God,
14: that has taken over Twitter. That's why they're apoplexic about Musk taking over and reintroducing free speech protections. Yeah. Is because a major social media company might actually reintroduce free speech. Yeah, and they've been able to get
3: away with this sort of thought control on colleges, campuses and since 1968. They've been able to do it. Because they're the faculty lounge. They can destroy the people on campus who are conservative. They can destroy uh, campus uh, conservative organizations. They can chase campus speakers who are conservative off campus. We've seen this. It's not going to work in the real world. In the real world, it's going to turn around. And you're going to get your ass kicked. Uh, one more uh, soundbite from Jonathan
14: Turley. Yeah, and you know what's really sad about this is that science has often been moved by dissenters, by critics, mm-hmm. by people that didn't follow the rest of their colleagues and said, wait, I'm not too sure these numbers add up. What happened in the last few years yeah. is that yeah. the yeah, look government joined political groups Right. And silenced all of these people and said, we, we don't think that others should hear their views. Wow. Well, those views really can can stand on their own. That's yeah. why I'm a, sort of a dinosaur free speech. I truly believe that bad speech will lose to good speech. But if you start to control who can speak, then all bets are off. And what we're seeing now is more and more evidence that there was censorship by surrogate and that some high ranking government officials were part of that effort.
3: Yeah, unbelievable. Hey, let's uh, hijack a class of 1968 theme song. Yeah, one of those Summer of Love songs. Let's do that. Jim Gossett, take it away. There's
2: something happening here. Got a prince with a brain that's not clear. He's got bloods where there used to be hair. Shaking hands when nobody's there. Think it's time to stop. Hey, what's that sound? Vice Democrats are going down? They're going down. The left is in disarray. Hey, hey. November 8th should be a big day. Ho, ho, hey, hey. we big, but we must beware. Voter fraud will occur everywhere. Time to stop. Hey, what's that sound? Five and my are going down. It's coming. Oh, it's coming. FBI, as corrupt as they come. Oh, how do I know? Because I'm not dumb. Oh, 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 oh. We must make them. They weaponize the DOJ, time to stop. Hey, what's that sound? Devs are being run in the ground, stop. Hey, what's that sound? Their policies will be unwound. Stop. Hey, what's that sound? Run them
3: by the way, if you want to hear all of the uh, song parodies that we do, all of the interviews we do on the show, including Rick Harrison from uh, Pawn Stars yesterday, uh, just subscribe to the Rob Carson Show podcast. We, we take the three hours, we condense it. Uh, it's intense, it's awesome, and it's wildly popular. We're trying to get to a million downloads a month, and you can find all of the places online to find it at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts. Will you subscribe? Will you share with others? Will you become a part of this movement to end conservative apartheid and embrace the glory of being born in this wonderful country, in this great time in human history? How about that? All right, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. Let's take a break. Come back in a second. It's The Rob Carson Show.
1: It's an election year, and a whole lot of Democrats have electile dysfunction. That is simply not true. It's the Rob Carson Show.
3: You know, it takes uh, some real uh, cojones to uh, realize that your company's being bought out by Elon Musk. You got 7,500 employees with an annual payroll of 1.5 billion dollars. That means about 250 k per job, and uh, and Elon Musk has said, yeah, probably to have to lay off about 75% of the employees because, you know, we're not making any money. Well, what would you do? Well, you're afraid a millennial uh, snowflake. You write Elon Musk and the board of directors, and here's what they said. We, the undersigned Twitter workers, believe the public conversation is in jeopardy. Elon Musk's plan to lay off 75% of Twitter workers will hurt Twitter's ability to serve the public conversation and skew it towards one one side. I just added that. A threat of this magnitude is reckless, undermines our users and customers' trust in the platform. Nobody trusts you but leftists. And is transparent act of worker intimidation. We cannot do our work in an environment of constant harassment and threats. Without our work, there is no Twitter. Uh, we demand of the current and future leadership uh, to respect the platform and the, and the workers who maintain it by committing to preserving the current headcount. They're demanding you don't fire me. Yeah, I know, I know, it's, it's funny, right? Uh, you try that sometime in the real world. We demand the leadership does not discriminate against workers on the basis of their race, gender, disability, sexual orientation, or political beliefs. Unless you're a conservative, screw them. We also demand safety for workers on visas. We will be forced to leave the country uh, they work in if they are laid off. You're not in the position to demand anything. I might suggest that if you have a toddler. Uh, Cause you know, I went through the toddler thing and, and what I did is I just said no. And, and, you know, you could take it up and not just say, you're not in the position to demand anything. You know, you're not. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> you're not in the position to demand anything. If you're a university student and you're demanding that a uh, university president be fired because of some sort of uh, unwoke policy, uh, if you're the dean of students, you say, you're not in a position to demand anything. Now, get your asses to your classes. It's pretty simple. All you got to do is assert your your adulthood. It's pretty simple stuff. Michelle in Westminster. Hello there, Michelle, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today?
15: Hey, Rob, I love my mother. I I love her to death for every reason that you love your mom. Yes. But we part company whenever it comes to our politics, and it's to the point to where we cannot discuss anything remotely close to politics or elsewhere. She has a meltdown, starts yelling and screaming about how all I'm doing is throwing out myths and disinformation and uh, any of the information and the websites and the research that I do. It all comes from bad, bad, bad sites. And uh, you're just you're just throwing out conspiracy theories. I mean, she goes absolutely apoplectic.
3: I know. I know. And and this is, uh, you know, I've lost most of my friends and it's, it's kind of a lonely existence. I'll, I'll admit, I'm not asking for pity or sympathy or anything, but it really sucks. <clears throat> it really sucks it because does. I haven't, I haven't ostracized anybody. I haven't ostracized anybody. And, Michelle, this is what they do. in. Uh, in and I'll just be honest. In, in communist countries, this is what they do. They get inside the family. They, they wreck the family. They divide them on all sorts of different lines. That could be about gender identity. That could be about politics. That could be about anything. They did it, Michelle. They did it to your family.
15: Well, you know, the, a prime example, Obamacare. She watched what Obamacare did to me. and i don't have to go into everybody knows everybody has a story about having to take obamacare for those couple of years yet she will sit here and say obamacare was the best thing than sliced bread Yeah. and i look at her and say how can you say that after you watched everything i went through with this oh honey yours yours was just Yours, yours was the exception. I said, no, I was not the exception to the rule, at least no. not this time. You were the rule. Uh, yeah, exactly.
3: Michelle, and Michelle, we've, just, got to, we, we've got to wrap things up here. But, Michelle, what I would suggest, obviously, stay away from politics altogether. Constantly remind your mother that no matter what you believe, what she believes, you love her. That's all you can do. do. And hope to, hope do, for this to I blow do, over. Every time unfortunately i've been ostracized and the only thing i can hope is that the people in my life will eventually come around because i i even wished my my friend mike a, a happy birthday the other day and he said you're never welcome in my house again just out of nowhere just you're not welcome in my house anymore and and it's just wow. because of my politics i'm a trump supporter i'm a, I'm a major republican and it's, it's terrible
15: it's sad i've lost some friends but um my family is the one that hurts me the most on it but It they will it eventually will come around because when the truth she's eighty two I'm just hoping she's around long enough to see the truth because she still thinks I am an insurrectionist.
3: Yeah, well, that's uh, that's great, proud insurrectionist I know that I am, Michelle. God bless you. Uh, And by the way, I wish you a happy Thanksgiving and a a merry Christmas as well. Okay, let's go ahead and take a break. Come back, wrap things up. This is the Rob Carson Show. So here's the headline just sent to me by my friend Bob, a major fuel supplier, on Code Red as the diesel crisis hits the southeast. Things are going to get ugly this winter, guys, and the only way we're going to get through this is to A, win the election on the 8th and then help one another out until we can get this country back on the right track. God bless you, your family, the unborn, our first responders, and until tomorrow, do not catch the stupid. More important than ever. I'll see you tomorrow.